Do fish oils have a cardiovascular benefit? You are listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, your host, and with me today is Dr. Dariush Mozafarian. Dr. Mozafarian is the assistant professor in the Division of Cardiovascular Medicine, Brigham and Women's Hospital and Harvard Medical School in Boston, and the co-director of the Program in Cardiovascular Epidemiology. He is also the assistant professor in the Department of Epidemiology at the Harvard School of Public Health. Dr. Mozafarian, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. There's been a lot of interest in fish oils, especially with a number of big European trials. Do we finally have definitive proof that fish oils in our diet or as supplements in patients who have heart disease may have a cardiovascular benefit? You know, we've had evidence for benefits of fish oil for cardiovascular disease for several decades now, but studies had been thought to be inconsistent. And I think over the last decade especially, it's become clear that the reason for that inconsistency is that there are different effects of fish or fish oil intake on different types of cardiovascular outcomes. And the clearest distinction seems to be between fatal events, either sudden cardiac death or fatal MI, and non-fatal events such as acute coronary syndromes or non-fatal MI or coronary restenosis after angioplasty, etc. So a little bit of the conflicting evidence was because those different types of events weren't clearly looked at. When you stratify the studies by different types of events, there is really uh, incredibly strong and concordant evidence from uh, randomized controlled trials, observational studies, and experimental studies that fish consumption or fish oil consumption strongly reduces cardiac death. So when you mean cardiac death, this is not death because someone has a heart attack, but this is an arrhythmic death or a sudden cardiac death? Well, you know, each of those diagnoses you just mentioned are really clinically defined, and they're clinically defined based on the setting in which they occur. So if somebody has a death at home in their sleep, it's defined as a sudden cardiac death, or if they suddenly collapse while exercising, it's often defined as a sudden cardiac death, whereas if someone has chest pain, comes into the hospital and dies, it's defined as a fatal heart attack. But the common pathophysiology to all of those deaths is indeed an arrhythmia. It's unusual for an, a heart attack to kill somebody through pump failure or, you know, some other cause. It certainly occurs, but that's the minority. The, the majority of fatal heart attacks are really due to secondary arrhythmia. So I think that the different clinical definitions all converge on ventricular arrhythmia as the main cause of death, and that's really where we have the strongest evidence for benefits of fish oil. So can we consider fish oils possibly as an antiarrhythmic medication? Uh, does it seem to have some effect at the cellular membrane to stop ventricular arrhythmias? Certainly from, again, randomized controlled trials of disease outcomes, uh, prospective observational studies of disease outcomes, retrospective observational studies of disease outcomes, and experimental studies, both in animals and in vivo studies, all of those things indicate that there's this benefit for cardiac arrhythmia. Now, whether it's a direct effect at ion channel level in myocytes, for example, or whether it's an indirect effect, for example, by reducing physiologic risk factors for cardiac arrhythmia, such as vascular wall stiffness or autonomic health or endothelial cell function, I think that whether it's a direct or indirect effect is still not clear to me. Some animal studies and in vitro studies indicate that there is a direct effect that's antiarrhythmic, and that seems to occur by uptake of the fatty acids into the membrane of the heart cells. 
and in vitro studies suggest that that may be related to calcium channels and sodium channels. But I think that extension of you know these very basic science experiments to the, the precise mechanisms that's going on in people is not yet clear. One of the indirect effects may be its lipid-lowering effects. Can you describe what fish oils may do to our lipid panel? Yeah, you know, this is an area which has received a lot of attention because it has been well-described for many decades now that fish oil reduces triglycerides. But that effect is really seen at what I would call pharmacologic doses or, or supplement doses of fish oil, really over several grams a day. It's a pretty linear effect, so the more you eat in terms of supplements, the more of an effect you get. But that's almost certainly not related to the main benefit for reduction in cardiac death because the reduction in cardiac death is seen in observational studies with much, much lower levels of intake, one or two servings of fish per week. And in the randomized trials of fish oil for which cardiac death was reduced, there was almost no effect on triglycerides because, again, the doses were much lower. So I think the triglyceride effect is interesting, but it's probably not related to the benefit, certainly not for cardiac death. Let me ask you a little bit more about the dose. So let's say you have a patient who is post-myocardial infarction and you want to use fish oils, as was done in some of the prospective trials, to try to reduce cardiac events. What type of dose and what type of oils would you recommend for that patient? For a patient with an established heart attack in the past, we have two large trials to draw on. Uh, Both of them were done in Europe. One advised patients to take oily fish one or two servings per week, and if they didn't want to take oily fish or couldn't do it, which was a substantial minority of the patients, and they gave them fish oil. The second, that was in 2,000 patients. The second trial was in 11,000 patients with recent heart attack, and they were given fish oil one gram per day. In both of those large controlled trials, um, cardiac death was significantly reduced, sudden death being reduced by about 50% in the large Italian trial, which is really a remarkable benefit. Additionally, total mortality was actually reduced in the Italian trial, and we have so few interventions that reduce total mortality. So based on those two trials, it would appear that either one to two servings per week of fish, preferably oily fish, or a gram a day of a fish oil supplement is sufficient to prevent cardiac death in somebody with a prior heart attack. If you are just joining us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Matt Sorrentino, and I'm speaking with Dr. Dariush Mozafarian. We're discussing the use of fish oils as a cardiovascular medication. Now, you mentioned that about a gram, I guess, of fish oils was used in the Italian trial that showed reduction in all-cause mortality and sudden cardiac death. Are there particular oils that were used? Do we have to have a certain combination of these oils, or is any over-the-counter fish oil probably good enough? Well, the dosing question becomes a little bit confusing because there's the dose of the fish oil, the total fish oil, and then there's the dosing of the specific fatty acids within that fish oil. So the most active fatty acids of interest seem to be EPA and DHA, which are two specific types of omega-3 fatty acids. And in sort of a natural fish oil, you know, if you eat fish, usually about a third of the fish oil is EPA and DHA. In the Italian trial that was done, they used a prescription concentrated version so that one gram had about 800 milligrams of EPA and DHA. And since that's really likely to be the pharmacologically active component, it's really the dose of EPA and DHA that's important. So, you know, in the U.S., there's a choice of a prescription fish oil product that's the same as the one that was used in Italy, and that's about 800 
milligrams per gram capsule. Over-the-counter capsules tend to be the unconcentrated natural fish oil, and they tend to be somewhere between 300 and 400 milligrams of EPA and DHA a day. I think the overall evidence, if you look at all of the evidence, including from cohort studies, suggests that somewhere between 250 and 500 milligrams per day of EPA and DHA is probably sufficient to get most of the benefits. So based on that, either an over-the-counter capsule or the prescription capsule or dietary intake of oily fish would be sufficient to get that dose. Now, when you mentioned dietary intake, how much fish do we have to eat to get a similar dose? Let's say you love salmon. How much salmon do you have to eat to get about the same 800 milligrams of EPA plus DHA? There are relatively dramatic differences between different fish, more than tenfold differences in levels of of EPA and DHA. So farm salmon actually per 100 grams has the highest levels of any fish. And so farm salmon is up to nearly three grams of EPA and DHA per 100 grams. And then that goes all the way down to cod, which is a very white fish. And cod has less than 200 milligrams compared to three grams in farm salmon per 100 grams. So how much fish you need to eat to get a certain dose of EPA DHA is very dependent on which fish it is. For the oilier fish, which would include, you know, herring, anchovies, trout, both farmed and wild salmon, actually most shellfish as well, white tuna or albacore tuna, you know, one to two servings per week will get you to that dose. If you only eat very, very white or lean fish, such as cod or catfish, you're going to have to eat, you know, maybe a serving a day to get to that dose. Now, you mentioned that fish oils can also be used as a treatment to try to lower triglycerides, but the dose is much different. How much of the EPA and DHA do we need to have a substantial, let's say, 30 or 50 percent lowering in triglycerides? The triglyceride-lowering effect seems to be pretty linear and dose-dependent, and that's in contrast to the arrhythmic effect, which seems to sort of have a, a threshold around this 250 to 500 milligrams a day. So to have a triglyceride-lowering effect, you know, any amount you take will lower triglycerides, but to get to that 30 to 50% lowering, which you mentioned, you really need to be up at several grams per day. And the FDA recommends that anything over three grams per day should be under the care of a physician. And why would that be the case? Are there side effects when we get to that high of a dose? Well, you know, anecdotal reports and ecologic reports from really the 60s and the 70s indicated that very high intakes of fish oil, multiple, multiple grams per day, such as in, you know, Alaska or Greenland, was associated with higher risk of hemorrhagic stroke. That really has not been borne out in all of the large subsequent randomized trials and prospective observational studies in, in other countries, in numerous trials among patients who are undergoing bypass surgery, undergoing uh, PTCA, and who are on aspirin and Coumadin. All of the studies really haven't seen bleeding risk, but there is still this persistent concern based on those early studies that there could be some bleeding risk once you get over, you know, multiple grams per day. So that's, I think, the real concern, although as I said, the evidence hasn't really suggested that you see that until maybe you get over, you know, 10 grams per day. Now, what about toxins? I know some of my patients are concerned about mercury and other things that may be in either the fish or the fish oil capsules. What do you tell your patients about those concerns? Well, you know, there's no mercury in fish oil capsules because mercury is bound to the protein of the fish and fish oil is just the oil. So I wouldn't worry about that. And in terms of other contaminants in fish oil capsules, it's only a gram. It's nine calories. So even if there were trace contaminants, you're eating such small amounts that it's less than, you know, you're getting from your 
fruit or vegetable or meat or, or dairy product that also has you know similar very low levels of those contaminants. So I wouldn't worry about it at all for fish oil. For fish, there's only a few fish species that have significant amounts of mercury, shark, swordfish, king mackerel, and tilefish are the four that have the highest levels. And, you know, in fact, the EPA and FDA only recommend that pregnant or nursing women avoid those. And so for the general population, as long as somebody eats a variety of fish and, you know, just make sure to not be eating the same fish over and over, and you're just eating one or two servings per week, I wouldn't worry about any of those toxins unless, again, you're a pregnant or nursing mom, and then you need to just avoid those four fish species. Well, I want to thank Dr. Mosafarian, who has been our guest. We have been discussing the use of fish oils in cardiovascular risk reduction. I am Dr. Matthew Sorrentino. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. Or call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888-MD-XM-157. And thank you for listening.